Uh, I just wanted to read a, um, a letter from Ruth, Ruth Catechin. Uh, I think most of you know Ruth. She usually sits right there. She's just hanging out at home today. She just came back from a trip. She says, as God has allowed that I be on a different journey in my life at this point. To all of you who have been praying for me and shared your friendship and concerns with me, I thank you all. In January, I found a lump on my left breast, and after seeing the doctor and having ultrasound, mammogram, and biopsies done, uh, I have been diagnosed with invasive cancer. Uh, this is a big shock and surprise, but it is a journey, and there are steps to be taken. There are more scans and tests to be done, and then we will begin treatment. My trust is in God, who made heaven and earth, and we humans. He has given the doctors and specialists knowledge to help us, I believe God does heal, and I know I'm being held up in prayer. And so she just uh, wants to be, encourage us to be in prayer over Ruth, and, uh, and we will be doing that. And also, I know Michelle just mentioned that um, we need to be praying for, what was her name again? For Des, who uh, was just diagnosed with uh, breast colona and with heart disease, and so we can be praying for Des as well. So, Father, we uh, thank you. Uh, you are a good God, and we thank you. Uh, you are a healing God. And uh, together, as the Junction Church, uh, God, we uh, pray healing over Ruth and over Des this morning. In Jesus' name, we pray that healing power will be released in their lives, that uh, this cancer in Ruth would uh, be gone in Jesus' name, and this heart disease and Des, God, would, uh, would be removed. And God, as we talk about healing this morning, we pray that your spirit would lead this time, uh, that you would guide us through this um, time as we open your word. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Uh, even before uh, Ruth... Is this thing on? Oh, it is on. Uh, there we go. Sorry, this is not on. Uh, even before uh, Ruth sent this email, uh, this week I was trying to uh, decide what to preach on. And I had a number of topics uh, floating around in my head. And, and uh, as I was praying, uh, God gave me three confirmations in a row uh, that I was to speak on the subject of healing. So we're going to be doing a little series over the next four weeks on healing. And I don't know if I've actually ever done a, a larger series on the topic of healing, but uh, we are going to do that. And today we want to talk about God's heart for, for healing. And there's lots of different kinds of healing that we could talk about uh, mentioned in the scriptures. Lots of different kinds of healing that maybe uh, some of us would need. In the scriptures, we, we can see that there is healing from spiritual sickness, or what we might call salvation. There's a healing from past hurts. That's emotional wellness. By the way, that's what the seminar next Saturday is going to be dealing with. There's healing from demonization. Uh, there's the healing of relationships. And there's also the healing from physical sickness and disease. And so this is the subject we're going to be focusing in on over the next three or four weeks, and that is uh, the healing of physical uh, uh, disease and sickness in our bodies. Because the reality is the Bible talks a whole lot about physical healing. And this is a huge topic, and it can be a very divisive topic. There's lots of different views out there on, on healing. There have literally been thousands of books written on this subject. Uh, but we are going to focus more in, right in on the scriptures and ask 
uh, at least today, we're going to look at the ministry of Jesus and ask the question, what does the ministry of Jesus reveal about healing? And we see all throughout the scriptures that God is a healing God. We see in the early church, God uh, was healing people still all throughout church history. God's healing people. And even today, every single day, uh, thousands and thousands of people are being healed physically by Jesus. Uh, in fact, Lyle just this morning uh, told me about a friend that I know, whom he met in Home Hardware, who has been suffering with severe knee, knee pain. And right there in Home Hardware, Lyle prayed for his knee, and it has been completely healed ever since. And, uh, and this stuff shouldn't be abnormal for us as Christians. Uh, because we, we see this clearly written throughout the scripture. And as we go through this series, we want to be sharing some testimonies, and maybe some of you uh, have testimonies that you would like to share of how uh, God has healed you. Because many of us have experienced some sort of physical healing uh, over our lifetime as Christians. In fact, we'll just take a poll. I mean, how many of you, any time in your life, have experienced some sort of physical healing from Jesus? Yeah, I mean, Jesus is in the business of healing people. And as we uh, jump in, I want to sh uh, begin with a testimony, a video testimony of uh, sometimes God heals small things and sometimes there's bigger things. And this is a testimony of God healing something a little more large. Jacob Boger had severe headaches, watery eyes, and felt fatigued all the time. MRI tests showed a tumor in his nasal cavity behind his eyes. A subsequent biopsy revealed even more cancer. I had ignored the symptoms for so long that the cancer had progressed through the first stage, the second stage, and the third stage. And by the time we did the biopsy, I was in a fourth stage, given less than a 10% chance to live. The cancer was eating a hole through my skull and headed towards the brain. Jacob needed immediate chemo and radiation. His doctor told him about the possible side effects. It's going to make you sterile. It's going to, your, your saliva glands are going to be destroyed. Your taste buds are going to be destroyed. The radiation that's going to go with this treatment is going to totally destroy your hair follicles. You'll never have hair on the sides of your head again. Jessica was Jacob's girlfriend at the time. And I remember that night I was driving him home from a restaurant and he told me, he said, the doctors told me that I'm not going to be able to have children. And I remember that moment and a tear rolled down his cheek in the car with me. The tumor was four inches in diameter. Jacob started his treatments immediately. His doctors said he would live only five more years. He said that for the, the five years that I would be battling the cancer, even if it went into remission, that the level that it's at, the stage four that it's at, and the aggressiveness that it's at, that it's going to come back. One of the warning signs that he gave me is that if I ever wake up or through the day have cerebral fluid coming out of my nose, which was a clear, salty kind of fluid, he said, just rush to the hospital, but you're, you're, you're done at that point. And then it happened, just as his oncologist had warned him. One night, in the middle of the night, um, I woke up because there was, there was fluid on my lips, and I kind of tasted it, and it was that salty solution, and I immediately remember that the doctor said, if you ever have that happen, you're going to the hospital immediately, rush to the hospital. The discharge stopped. Jacob went to the hospital and continued his treatments. So I did three months of chemotherapy, then I went into a radiation treatment. And after about two weeks of that, 
I'm deteriorating. My body's deteriorating. Over a course of two months, I lost 60 pounds. And, and my faith is being tried at that point. Jacob was a Christian and believed God would heal him. I was constantly listening to teaching on healing. I was constantly in my Bible and I was in prayer. And I would tell God, God, your word says that by his stripes, I am healed. And so I believe your word. You tell me to stop taking these treatments, I'll stop taking the treatments because my faith is in your word. Jacob says that's exactly what happened. I woke up in the middle of the night one night and just as clearly as I'm speaking to you right now, I heard God tell me, it's over, it's finished, it's done. Stop taking the treatments. And the peace of God was on me. And I said, God, you, you told me to do it, so that's exactly what I'm gonna do. For a moment, I thought, oh wow, that's a big deal. Um, but then I, you know, I was like, I always went back to, I know him. I know his relationship with God is the real deal. I know that he knows how to hear from God. And I trusted in him that he could hear from God. I trusted in his faith in God. But that day I walked in and I told him, Doctor, I'm done. And he treated me with respect and I appreciated that. And I said, yes, sir. He said, well, you go get me one more MRI. I said, I will. So I went and got the MRI that day. He scheduled it that day. He wasn't getting around. Three days later, I go back into his office and he puts the films up on the board and says, this is where the tumor was, this is the aggression, this is how big it is, and this is the new film, and there's no tumor. He said, the tumor is Medically speaking, these cannot be the same person. Not unlikely, not, it's not very probable, they absolutely cannot be the same person. There's no scar tissue, the bone had been replaced, all fresh bone, no scar tissue there. There was absolutely no evidence that cancer had ever been in my body. He said, nothing we did could have caused this. We don't make tumors vanish. The bone that eroded away has been replaced. Looks like you got your miracle. Yes, sir, I got my miracle. Something wonderful has happened. There's no question. Something wonderful happened on MRI. You had a spectacular response. The tumor and the cancer were completely normal, and Jacob was on the mend. It took about six months, my weight gained back, my hair grew back, my saliva started flowing again, and also during that time, my relationship with now my wife Jessica was flourishing as well, and I had asked her to be my wife uh, six months after I stopped taking the treatments. And remember, they told me that I wasn't going to be able to have any babies. And my wife knew that going into it, and we got married. But now I've got three perfect little boys, a six-year-old woman, a three-year-old Judah, and a one-year-old Justice. And they're doing just fine. Not bad for not being able to have babies. I just knew that God was a miracle-working God. If he had saved Jacob from fourth-stage cancer to live and to be strong and for us to have a life together, that he would most definitely give us the desires of our heart, which was to have a family. So when I look at Roman, Judah, and Justice, I think miracle. This isn't a story about Jacob Boer getting healed. This is a love story. God loves humanity so much that he wants to heal them, he wants to restore them, he wants them free from depression, free from addiction, free from sickness and disease. Prayer is very powerful. I mean, when you have a relationship 
with the CEO of the universe, and you can get some things done. When uh, God originally designed this earth, you think back to the, the Garden of Eden, uh, he designed this world perfect. There was no sin, uh, there was no darkness, there was no evil, and there was no sickness or disease when he first created the world. That his will for the, the, the ideal world in the Garden of Eden uh, didn't have sickness and disease. And of course we know what happened, man rebelled against God, Satan and uh, evil spirits, uh, some of them rebelled against God, and this brought into the world sin, uh, brought into the world evil, and also brought into uh, to the world sickness and disease. And so uh, right off the bat, when you think about the, the, the big story of the Bible, uh, sickness and disease is not a good thing. Uh, it's not a God thing, it wasn't part of his original plan. Um, it is always in the scriptures a, a, a negative thing, a, a bad thing. And this is why God reveals himself early on in the scripture as the healer. Because God is in the business of removing sin, and he's in the business of, of bringing in his kingdom. And because sickness and disease is not part of his original plan, God is in the business of healing. And one of the very names of God is Yahweh, or Jehovah Rapha which means I am the Lord who heals you. And in this context, he's talking about physical healing. And so we roll through some of the Old Testament. We see in Exodus, there were promises of uh, like this, worship the Lord your God and his blessing will be on your food and water. I will take away sickness from among you and none will miscarry or be barren in your land. I will give you a full lifespan or Psalm 103. He forgives all my sins and heals all my diseases. And so we see God in the Old Testament revealing himself as the God who heals. The uh, story of the prophets overall was that one day God was going to bring in uh, to, this, to, to the, the, the nation a place where there would be no sickness and disease. As he says, I'll restore you to health and heal your wounds, declares the Lord. But today, for time left, I want to focus in on Jesus. Because whenever we start to talk about any subject, uh, one of the first questions we need to do is, is what did Jesus say? How did he act? Uh, what is Jesus' theology around this topic? Because the Bible tells us we are to fix our eyes on him. Uh, we don't start with people's experiences. We don't start with people's opinions. We want to start with the scriptures, and we want to start with, with Jesus himself. Jesus came to reveal to us the heart of God. Uh, to know Jesus is to know God. And so to know what Jesus thinks about healing and to know Jesus' heart around the subject of healing is to know God's heart around the subject of healing. You remember when uh, there was this conversation between Jesus and Philip. Jesus said, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you really know me, you would know my father as well. From now on, and then Jesus says this, you do know him and have seen him. If you want to know the father, if you want to know God, you look at me. Philip said, well, uh, Lord, show us the father and that will be enough for us. We, we, we want to know what the father thinks. We want to know what the father's character is like. We want to know the father. Jesus said, don't you know me, Philip? Even after I've been among you such a long time, anyone who has seen, uh, anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? 
Or as, as Jesus says in John 12, when you see me, you are seeing the one who sent me. Uh, John chapter 1 tells, says this, the unique one, that's Jesus, who is himself God. So Jesus is not just some other person other than God, just some prophet. Jesus himself is God. And he is near to the Father's heart who has revealed God to us. In other words, whenever, whenever our picture of God is blurry, we look at Jesus and Jesus brings the picture of God into focus. He is the one who came to reveal God to us. He is the one who came to reveal his character to us. As Colossians 2.9, it says, In Christ, all the fullness of the deity lives in bodily form. In other words, Jesus was not just like 50% God. Uh, all the deity lived in Jesus. Jesus was not just sort of the nice side of God. No, Jesus is fully God. To know Jesus is to know the Father. To know Jesus is to know God. That is the clear teaching of the New Testament. And so if your theology on any subject doesn't line up with Jesus, uh, there's something off there. Uh, Hebrews says it this way. In the past, God spoke to our ancestors through the prophets, and at many times in various ways. Uh, but in these last days, he has spoken to us by his son. In other words, the teaching and life of Jesus is preeminent. <coughs> Even when it comes to the Old Testament, because Jesus said, you've heard that it was said out of the Old Testament, but I say to you. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by his son, whom he appointed heir of all things and, and through whom also he made the universe. The son is the radiance of God's glory in the exact representation of his being. And why this is really important is because a lot of people's theology about healing somehow skips Jesus. <laughs> and it's got to start with Jesus. A lot of people's theology around healing, it doesn't match up at all with the life and ministry and teachings of Jesus. And if we want to start with the, on the right foot when it comes to healing, we need to fix our eyes on Jesus. We need to start with Jesus. What did Jesus think about healing? How did he act around people who needed healing? Because Jesus is not just, again, part of God. He is God. He came to reveal the very character of God to us. And so what I want to do, and you're really going to have to hold on to your thinking caps through this, because I just want to blast through lots of scripture, and I want to blast through one gospel. There's four, by the way, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. I just want to look at one gospel, the gospel of Matthew, and look at Jesus in relation to physical healing. And I think all of us are going to be blown away about how much it is a part of the gospel story. And we might think, well, Jesus kind of healed the odd person, and maybe, you know, it's in the book of Matthew, just a couple times that Jesus healed people. I tell you, it is so much, this is all over the gospel. Notice as we go through this, the way Jesus uh, relates to people who are sick and diseased. Notice how he reacts to them. Does he have compassion, or is he offended by them? Uh, what does Jesus say when people come to him for healing? Does Jesus say the, lot of the things that we kind of think? Where Jesus responds when someone comes, or Jesus says, well, actually, I don't really want to heal, heal you. My will is for you to stay sick for a long time. I mean, that, does Jesus say that? But how does he respond? Again, we're just looking at Jesus today. How does he respond to those who are physically sick? So let's go. Matthew 4. <clears throat> Ready? Jesus went through Galilee, teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom, and healing every 
disease, and sickness among the people. Not just some, but every. News about him spread all over Syria, and people brought to him all who were ill with various diseases, those suffering with uh, severe pain, the demon-possessed, those having seizures, and the paralyzed, and he healed them. Matthew 4. We go on to Matthew 8. A man with leprosy came and knelt before him and said, Lord, if you're willing, you can make me clean. Jesus reached out his hand and touched the man. I am willing, he said, be clean. Immediately he was cleansed of his leprosy. And then it goes on in Matthew 8 and says, Jesus said to the centurion, this guy who needed someone healed, go, let it be done just as you believed it would. And his servant was healed at that moment. And then it goes on in the story. When Jesus came into Peter's house, he saw Peter's mother-in-law lying in bed with a fever. He touched her hand and the fever left her. And she got up and began to wait on him. When evening came, many who were demon-possessed were brought to him. And he drove out the spirits with the word and healed all the sick. This was to fulfill what was spoken through the prophet Isaiah. He took up our infirmities and bore our diseases. This idea of healing all those people, it's a fulfillment of prophecy from Isaiah. And we'll be talking a bit more about that next week. Matthew 9, he said to the paralyzed man, get up, take your mat and go home. And then it goes on, a synagogue leader came to and knelt before Jesus and said, my daughter has just died. Come and put your hand on her and she will live. After the crowd had been put aside, he went in, took the girl by the hand, and she got up. He, he raised this dead girl. Also in Matthew 9, Jesus turned and, saw, uh, turned and saw her, this woman who had touched Jesus. Take heart, daughter, he said. Your faith has healed you. And the woman was healed at that moment. Also Matthew 9, he touched their eyes and said, according to your faith, let it be done to you. And their sight was restored. Also in Matthew 9, a man who was demon-possessed and could not walk was brought to Jesus. And when the demon was driven out, the man who had been mute spoke. Also in Matthew 9, Jesus went through all the towns and villages, teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom, and healing every disease and sickness. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them. This is really important. Jesus who reveals who God is, Jesus who is God, this is really important. He sees this crowd of people, and some of them are sick and diseased, and what is his heart towards the crowd? He has compassion on them. And out of that compassion for the sick and diseased, he goes and he heals them all. That uh, goes on in Matthew 10. Jesus called his 12 disciples to him and gave them authority to drive out impure spirits and to heal every disease and sickness. And to proclaim, and, 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 and it says, uh, as you go, proclaim this message. The kingdom of heaven has come near. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse those who have leprosy, and drive out demons. Uh, Jesus has so much compassion on people who are sick and diseased that he even gave uh, his disciples authority to do it. And their message, by the way, was not just the gospel, spiritually, it was also physical healing. Because, again, Jesus' heart has compassion on those who are sick and diseased. Matthew 11. Jesus replied, go back and report to John what you hear and see. The blind receive sight. The lame walk. Those who have leprosy are cleansed. 
the deaf hear, the dead are raised, and the good news is proclaimed to the poor. Now into Matthew 12. He said to the man, stretch out your hand. So he stretched it out, and it was completely restored, just as sound as the other. Matthew 12, 15, a large crowd followed him, and he healed all who were ill. And he gets pictured Jesus here. There's this huge crowd following Jesus, and he's walking, and you can see him turning around and seeing this crowd and seeing sick and diseased people, and he turns around and he has this heart of compassion for these people, and what does he do? Just heal some? Did he say, well, I just want to heal some of you because actually it's my will that a lot of you just stay sick? No, he, he heals them all in this crowd. Later on in Matthew 12, then uh, they brought to him a demon-possessed man who was blind and mute. And Jesus healed him so that he could both talk and see. Matthew 14, when Jesus landed and saw a large crowd, he had compassion on them and healed their sick. Again, Jesus having this large crowd, revealing the heart of the Father, having compassion on every single person there, and he heals their sick. Matthew 15, great crowds came to him bringing the lame, the blind, the crippled, the mute, and many others, and, and laid them at his feet. He healed them. The people were amazed when they saw the mute speaking, the crippled made well, the lame walking, the blind seen, and they praised the God of Israel. Matthew 17, Jesus rebuked the demon, and it came out of the boy, and he was healed, because he had physical stuff going on as well. He was healed at that moment. Matthew 19, large crowds again followed him, and he healed them. Over and over and over and over and over again, we see this. Matthew 20, two blind men were sitting by the roadside. Jesus had compassion on them and touched their eyes. Immediately they received their sight and followed him. You see, all these scriptures where Jesus' heart is having compassion on those who are sick and diseased. Let me ask you, does your theology of God and healing contain a God who has compassion? <clears throat> on those who are sick and diseased. Because that is the heart that Jesus revealed. And Jesus responds every time. Whenever someone comes to Jesus, Jesus heals that person. Matthew 21, the blind and the lame came to him at the temple and he healed them. Overall, uh, Jesus said this in John 5. And by the way, that was just one gospel. There's a lot in that gospel about healing. Uh, a ton. But Jesus said this. In case you somehow think that Jesus is separate from the Father and the Father really treats people differently when it comes to sickness and disease as Jesus uh, 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 treated people. But this is what Jesus said. Very truly I tell you, the Son can do nothing by himself. He can only do what he sees his Father doing. Because whatever the Father does, the Son does also. Again, Jesus' ministry and having compassion and healing all who came to him reveals the Father's heart when it comes to sickness and disease in people's bodies. Jesus has not changed. Hebrews 13, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today and forever. The same Jesus who saw crowds and turned around and healed all of them. That's the same Jesus who is right here today. Because Paul said in 1 Corinthians 5, when we gather as the church, the presence of the Lord Jesus is here. Do you, do you know that? It's promised. The presence 
of the Lord Jesus is here. And it's the same Jesus. And if you are sick and diseased and not doing well, there's something in your body that's not right, God is not looking at you saying, ha-ha, you know, deserves you right, you know, whatever. He has compassion on you. His compassion on you. This is not so, well, we got to go. Ah, this is a summary of this. Jesus healed every person that, that came to him and asked, uh, uh, Jesus healed every person that came to him and asked, as well as every person the Father led him to. There was not one person that came to Jesus and said, Jesus, will you heal me? Not once did Jesus say, well, actually, uh, I don't want to heal you. Not once. A lot of the responses we have in our the uh, theology of healing are a lot of responses that we tell people when they're not healed. You never hear that coming out of the mouth of Jesus. You never hear Jesus say, well, actually, my will is for you to actually suffer because, you know, i got to teach you something and whatever. you got to learn something. And then you never hear that out of the mouth of Jesus. He heals every single person who comes to him and every single person that the Father led him to. Now, that doesn't mean he healed every single person in Jerusalem. Uh, at the pool where all the sick people were hanging out, Jesus only healed one. The gate called Beautiful. Uh, obviously, the, the, the crippled guy there who was there in Acts chapter 3 was probably there during Jesus' ministry. And he didn't heal. But every single person who came to Jesus was healed. And every single person that uh, the Father led to him was also uh, healed. Now, this brings up some big questions. Questions like, does that mean it's always God's will to heal me? That's what we're going to talk about next week. We're also going to talk on the subject of how to pray for people. We're also going to talk on the subject of why am I not healed. So this is not going to be an easy sermon series. <laughs> so next week we're talking about things. But I just want to leave you with a really powerful testimony. If you can hang in there, it's worth it. This guy's name is Dwayne Miller. Uh, Dwayne Miller uh, is a pastor. He was a pastor at a church, and uh, one Sunday morning he got sick. And he preaches the first service, and his voice was feeling kind of rough, like mine is now, like I need water. By the second service, his voice was, was painful, because he had two services to speak at. The Sunday evening service came around, and uh, he couldn't even talk. He, he said, uh, there's too much pain in my throat. And he ended up going to the doctor, and uh, over the course of the next two years, he saw 200 doctors. Wow. He had some weird infection that destroyed his vocal cords, and he could no longer speak, and he was in constant pain. He said, it was always like I had the worst case of laryngitis, and it was constant. And because pastors have to talk, he had to quit the ministry. And he went through disappointment and depression. And he ended up just attending a church in Texas, and uh, he was attending Sunday school. And one day the Sunday school teacher, he got sick, and so they asked him if he would fill in, which would be very difficult for him. And so what they did was they, they wired up a little microphone, because he talked like a voice like that so people could hear him. And because he was mic'd, uh, they recorded him. And then something amazing happens because the passage they actually gave him to teach on was Psalm 103, he heals my diseases. And what's funny about this is he is actually trying to argue that God doesn't always heal. Uh, just, just take a listen. This is a powerful story. This is him talking. All my diseases, let me say to you that I believe God still 
success and it becomes a show. And God has never intended that that be what it is. God heals in his sovereign will. I don't know why God does things that he does, but I know that he does. And the only thing he requires of me is to allow him to be God and me to be me and let it be. To say that every single person will always be healed because Jesus died on the cross is a misinterpretation of scripture. Not true. Won't work. Isaiah 53 doesn't talk about physical healing. I'm sorry. That's just not the context. And to impress that there causes a misinterpretation of scripture. That's wrong. On the other hand, to say that since we don't have anything after the book of Acts, that miracles ended at the book of Acts and they never happen again is equally as wrong. Because you have put God in the box both ways. And he doesn't want to be in the box. So, the psalmist says, I'm excited. Bless the Lord, oh my soul. One of his benefits is he heals all of my diseases. And then in verse 4 he says, and he redeems my life from the pit. Now I like that verse just a whole lot. I have had, and you have had in times past, pit experiences. We've both had, we've all had times when our life seemed to be in a pit, in a grave. And we didn't have an answer for the pit and fight ourselves in. with good things so that my youth is renewed like the eagles. The Lord works righteousness and justice for all the oppressed. The Lord is compassionate and gracious. The Lord is so angered. The Lord is abounding in love. The Lord will not accuse nor will he harbor his anger forever. He does not treat us as our sins deserve. That's mercy. Or repay us according to our iniquities. That's mercy. 
those highest hands are on the earth. So great is his love for those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far as he removed our transgressions from us. It's an amazing story. There are, I, there's just millions of stories out there uh, like that. And like Dwayne, uh, this could be the day for you to experience healing in your body. Uh, Jesus heals. He is here. Uh, he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He has compassion on you. And so if you are here and you need healing, I would first say, do you need the most important healing? and that is spiritual healing. Uh, if you don't have Jesus in your life, if you haven't received the spiritual healing of Jesus, then uh, you just, just gotta open your heart and just say something like this from your heart, that Jesus, I, I'm so sorry for the sin that I've committed. Uh, I'm sorry for living life uh, by my own ways and my own desires. Uh, Jesus, uh, I ask you to forgive my sin and ask you to come into my life and I, and I wanna walk with you and serve you in Jesus' name. If you pray something like that from your heart, I mean, Jesus, he moves in and, and you receive spiritual healing. Uh, if you're here and you need physical healing, then there's actually a, a, a command in the Bible that says, if any of you are sick, let him call the elders of the church. It doesn't necessarily mean it has to be the real elders, but it could be someone that is respectable, loves Jesus. Uh, you get around someone and have them pray for you. And it says, when the prayer offered in faith is prayed, the sick will be made well. And so if you need prayer for physical healing, uh, there's going to be a number of people over there who are going to be happy to pray for you and pray for healing over your body. And so as we worship, I'll invite the worship team up. Uh, you can just begin making your way over there. They'll be there during worship and after worship as well. Next week, we're going to talk on the subject, is it always God's will to heal? And, uh, and my prayer is that we're going to see uh, some of you healed. And hopefully all of you heal because God is in the healing business. Let's stand as we close today.